Bonjour. Welcome to Marriage's Sexiest Secret Podcast. This is Mr. Fox and okay. Marriage's Wonderland resident fox and hare. Today, we are your host and hostess to your favorite flavor of madness, married dominance and submission, marriage's sexiest secret. It's a lot of secrets going on. Love secrets. Just in time, cueing the French music. I love it. Let's start with our voyeur's glimpse into today's podcast. Ah, the French. Always so romantic. Don't you agree? I do. Today's podcast, we have a little phrase that goes along with it, and it happens to be French. The phrase is la petite mort. More specifically, fumelle la petite mort. The female's little death. And you ask me, what does that mean? It's an expression in France that means the brief loss or weakening of the consciousness. And in modern usage refers specifically to the sensation of post-orgasmic that's likened to the death. Today we examine the female orgasm and inspire marriages, sexy, secret couples to try orgasm training and control. Yeah. It's like living on the edge. And I won't sing Bon Jovi for you, but yes, it's living on the edge. <laughs> You're sure you don't want to sing? Okay. I'm sure. Let's get started. Do you want to know a secret? Secret. Do you want to have a secret? A dirty little secret. A secret that you build and share with your spouse. A secret that is so magical and so intimate in ways you could only imagine. Oh, come on. Wink, wink. You must be the smallest bit curious. Shh. Marriage has a sexy new secret, a relationship accessory of sorts. This secret fills the wife's need for deep emotional connection with her husband and the husband's desire for his wife's trust and respect. Come, fall down our rabbit hole where Mr. Fox and I share our secrets. Secrets that will inspire you to explore, create, and build sexual magic in your marriage. Let us take you on a journey that leads you both to what you most desire, a sexy, successful marriage. So pick up that bottle that says, drink me, go ahead and toss it back. In other words, drink the Kool-Aid. We can give you all the edge without you or your marriage ever getting cut. Secret. Let's get this podcast started, okay? Are you ready to experience the chase? Oui, oui, monsieur. Come with us, fall down the rabbit hole and into the fox's den, where today we invite you to bring your croissants and your espresso, and let's talk orgasms. Yes. Yes. Welcome, Welcome to, to Marriage's Sexiest, Sexiest Secret Podcast. Down the hall we fall, but it's crazy wonderful. Two hearts without a plan in this wonderland. So let's talk orgasms. But first, let's talk what is happening during a female orgasm. It's basically during arousal, the blood flow to the genitals increases, causing them to become more sensitive. The clitoris, which is made up of over eight thousand individual nerve endings swells and enlarges 
As you get closer to climax, your clitoris will pull back up under the hood, which is the sheath of skin that protects your clitoris. Your inner labia also begins to swell and your outer lips separate. This is often accompanied by the darkening of color as the blood fills those tissues. The vagina begins to secrete fluid to lubricate itself and make sex more comfortable. Amazing. Along with this lubrication, the lower part of your vagina becomes narrower and the upper part lengthens as your cervix and uterus move up slightly, creating the space for your partner's penis. Or a toy. Yep. As arousal increases, the person's heart rate increases, blood pressure increases, breathing rate will increase. As it approaches, the muscles twitch or they spasm. But let's talk about when women actually climax. There are changes throughout the whole body. A head-to-toe kind of experience happens. Blood begins, like I said, in gorges, clitoris, vagina, the nipples, and it makes you have a full body blush. You've seen it. You experienced it, I'm sure. Your chest and your face get all red or pink and rosy. Many, many artists in the world have painted that exact vision. And you've probably seen it on other people in your life. It's like, I know what they were doing. Yes. Testosterone and neurotransmitters use things like the dopamine running and the serotonin that is flowing through your body. And that's what starts this whole process. You know, some people say they have some tension, some tingling building throughout their body, your face, your fingers, your feet. It's a release of that tension and orgasm that just feels so incredible. You might start to feel a spasm very low down, and then it just increases over your whole body. That's called myotonia. And it is thought because of the spasming of those pelvic muscles and the organs all together, it causes everything to move. Did you know, Mr. Fox, that it actually takes women 20 minutes on average to orgasm? No, I didn't. And I would say from our experience, it matters what we're doing. Because there are certain things that I think rip orgasms from you. Yes, absolutely. That's when you're controlling or training the orgasm. But in general, when women are just having sex, it takes them 20 minutes to orgasm on average. I think that's great. Back to what you were just talking about with all the tension relief and everything that an orgasm gives you. I told you, I've told you all along that orgasms are the answer to everything. Almost. Or maybe that was you telling me. I think that might have been me <laughs> saying that. But Well, we definitely agree. Yes, we agree on that one. Let's talk about the plateau, the sexual plateau. That is the build as the precursor to that wonderful climax. The outer one third of the vagina becomes really engorged with blood. Also, medical researchers show that genital reflex is part of the spinal cord and it's not necessarily under conscious control. So that also leads into actually having an orgasm. See, where I, you can't control it. Oh, that makes perfect sense. I'll be honest. Like I learned so much from our own podcast as we go through them. I had no idea. I really didn't. Yes. So interesting. But if we talk a little bit more about orgasm and we talk about the rhythmic contractions that occur in the uterus and the vagina and those pelvic floor muscles, we all talk about so much. And I love feeling those. 
the sexual tension caused by lovemaking or self-stimulation releases and the muscles throughout the body contract. A feeling of warmth comes from your pelvis and it spreads throughout your entire body. And that is that wonderful feeling you get. And the afterwards, what some people would refer to as the resolution, the body relaxes, the blood flows away from those engorged sexual organs, going back to where it belonged, heart rate, blood pressure, and of course, your breathing returns back to normal. Women also have been able to have orgasms through stimulation of breasts or other part of the body, not just always a vagina, or through the use of sexual imagery without any touch at all. So that means when you're watching porn, you might be able to just have an orgasm. They've also said that they found a nerve pathway outside the spinal cord through the sensory vagus nerve that lead women to experience orgasm through sensations transmitted directly to the brain. There are many nerve pathways that are responsible for this orgasm that happens with women. I want to know where that uh, pathway is. (laughs) You find that pathway quite often. Let me just say that. Um, The strength of your orgasms also is tied to the health of your pelvic floor muscles. So here's another reason to do Kegels, another reason to order a Yanni egg on submissives. You have to keep those pelvic floor muscles toned. The better they contract during orgasms, the more pleasure you feel. Like I said, your climax, the actual climax of the orgasm could be a few seconds or it could last a full minute. And that's kind of the goal. You want that actual climax of that orgasm to last as long as you can make it last. So that's really interesting and news to me. So if you keep your pelvic floor muscles active and engaged, you will actually experience a more powerful, more pleasurable, pleasurable orgasm. Absolutely. So all those Kegel, like you just said, the Kegel exercises and the Yanni or Yoni eggs or whatever they are, all of those things actually increase your pleasure. Yes. During your orgasm. So before, it, during and after. Huh. I had no idea. If you think about it, all of us ladies that have had babies and after you have the baby, your vagina or your uterus has to contract back into place. You know, Which it pretty much does naturally. Yeah. I honestly thought that was like, is it incontinence? Is that the right word? I thought it was for that. And I also thought it was that you guys could um, manipulate those muscles for more pleasure for me. Absolutely. That is. It's like building any other muscle. Right. But I had no idea that by keeping that muscle exercise or your pelvic floor actually increased or enhanced your own pleasure during an orgasm. Yes, it's pleasure for you. It's pleasure for us. It's pleasure for everybody involved. And it's not just mental, it's physical. It's full body. So as a good dominant, I could give you exercises to do that would help you enjoy your own orgasms better. Absolutely. That would be part of the training. And it would benefit me. Again, win-win. I love this. I love it. Okay. I'll let you continue. Okay. So uh, we were talking about the climax and the contractions that happen. There's an actual normal range between one and 12 contractions that each last from a second to a minute. 
Now men are so literal. I know men are going to be out there counting them now. That was one. <laughs> that was two, three, four. Five. Well, she would kind of the contractions. She would almost, unless you're just watching her wink, you would basically, and, and I don't know if people understand what winking unless is. Unless you're inside her. Right. You could feel that. Absolutely. But if you want to explain about watching someone wink, what does that mean? Winking is basically when you watch the vagina contract and release, it's winking like an eye. Yes. So you can count the contractions by watching the wink. And if it's really powerful, it's like she has something in her eyes. Like, like. Okay. (laughs) Everybody would need that visual. (laughs) But yes, so like I said, one to 12 contractions that last from a second to a minute. And when you hear people talk about riding the wave, when you get to do that contraction, each one of those 12 contractions for a minute at a time, or when you're edging somebody and they contract, but not completely, but that happens over and over, that's riding a wave and it's really good. I would say, don't think that orgasms are just physical or just the body. They're also the mind. Your brain also is releasing chemicals, like I said earlier, chemicals like oxytocin, what people also refer to as the intimacy hormone, Um, the dopamine. That's that chemical, uh, natural painkiller that we talk about all the time in dominance and submission. Really, when you're doing orgasm training or commands, you are getting such a better understanding of how your own body and your mind react to sexual stimulation. It really does help you unlock the knowledge of how you're reacting, mind and body. So I would say, and I tell everybody this, I'm all about getting to know your partner, getting to know yourself, figure out what feels good to you. Every woman has a special thing, like a rhythm inside of them when they have an orgasm. And I would say husbands know their wives' rhythm, but explore that rhythm. Don't just say, oh, she's always going to do this because that's so untrue. As we know in dominant submission, you grow so much. So don't always say, oh, I know what her rhythm is. No, I think you should explore that rhythm because rhythms can be changed. And practice, practice, practice. And we know getting to that perfect place where you do your orgasm training, that is the journey. And that's the most fun. All the women in the world are cheering you on right now when you're saying, have your man practice, practice, practice your orgasms. They're all like, yes, okay. (laughs) Well, it's so true. So that's just the very beginning of our topic. Next, we get into orgasm control and training, and I'll hand it over to Mr. Fox. All right. And what I would say, too, about the orgasms is I think all the guys know that once we cross that threshold of an orgasm or maybe two orgasms or three orgasms, the rest of that sexual um, interlude becomes quite an experience, right? And so, I mean, orgasms are great for everybody. Everybody has a part in it. Let me just say that. I mean, in a benefit, partners, in a benefit from partners, it. I mean, both partners have a great benefit and experience on the female side of the orgasm. We're not even getting into the men's side of orgasm today, but. Right. It's the key to. A happy marriage. Yeah. And complete <laughs> ecstasy. I mean, it, it is, it's the pathway. So yes. orgasm control and training. Would you agree with that? Okay. It's, it's it opens up. 
everything. Everything's behind that orgasm. I agree. So when we talk about orgasm control and training, it includes a lot of different topics. can include like the delayed orgasm, orgasm denial, orgasm on command using triggers, forced orgasms, or not allowing the climaxing to stop, right? That's kind of what the forced orgasm is. So orgasm control is also referred to as edging, peaking, or surfing. It's a sexual technique that is practiced by almost everybody, I think, in the BDSM world. So this can be practiced either with a partner or by yourself. It involves the maintenance of a high level of sexual arousal for an extended period of time without reaching climax. Edging. Edging is postponing that orgasm to achieve a euphoric type of state of mind. Orgasm denial, it's pretty much what we say it is, preventing your partner from coming or having her orgasm. So in contrast to orgasm denial, a dominant can also allow his submissive to have an orgasm with like specific parameters as well. One thing that I've done with LK while I've been traveling is I've instructed LK to use specific toys and I've given her permission to come with one catch. There's a time frame. I, sometimes I'll give her an impossible time frame, one that I don't think she can accomplish an orgasm in, right? But I know that she'll be worked up and she'll try her hardest because she wants that orgasm, but it'll almost be impossible. And really that's a form of denial because she can't get it. How freaking frustrating is that? And she's usually really happy to see me when I get home. Yeah, it builds. I mean, doing like we talked about through this, doing orgasm, you know, uh, honing her skill. Right. That's part of honing her for your arrival. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, I mean, that can even be done before you come home from work that day or right. People can change this up a lot to make it fit their lifestyle. And I'm not joking. LK has incredible control over her orgasms and, you know, I'll check in like she talks about, like I'll check in and say, Hey, were you successful or were you not? How much time did it take? And I'm honing my skill on if I want her to have an orgasm or not, how much time I give her. And trust me, like, okay, so good at this control. I've given her like 30 seconds and sometimes she can get it done in 30 seconds. Yeah. Well, I mean, the more you practice, the more you're seeing, the more you're having playtime, the more of these type of sessions you have, the better your skill gets, ladies. I'm not making this up. Like I, at one point was so good we could be standing in Costco and he could have said the right thing to me and I would have done it. I mean, I'm practically that good to do it right now, but I won't do it Should right here live. <laughs> <laughs> I bet this would be the highest rated podcast we've put out. <laughs> Probably. But yeah, so I'm just saying you get really good at it and it really does help the muscles down there. And that gives you tricks and magic. And it's just, it's For also, your sir. but it's also plain fun. It gives you like, like orgasm training is probably the, one of the, I want to say easy go-tos. I think we all do it to some degree. And then also I might give LK an almost impossible time frame, right? Giving her a real opportunity to be able to have an orgasm. And your sir is helping you learn how to do that. And then you can perform for him. So that performance is everything. And I mean, when I say that, I mean that personally, my performance for my sir is like the number one thing that's going through my mind. 
the entire time we're singing or playing or anything, it is so important to me that my performance makes him ooh and ah. And I don't want to get sidetracked, but honestly, after an orgasm or two, that's that psychological need that you just talked about. That's where it becomes like something in your mind, like a primal trigger wants to please me. And I will say that LK has some of the best orgasm control probably of anybody. It is amazing. A lot of years of practice. And as a dominant, there's still like, she can control it so well that I can take her, she can take herself past the point of being able to reach it again. And it becomes more out of reach. Right. So like as the dominant, I have to think of what my goals are and where I want the entire thing to end up and make sure that if I'm edging that I'm taking her high enough, like the peaks are getting higher during the edging to where she can still find that O. Yeah. We'll talk more about that later. We'll talk more about like how to know when you're getting to that, to that level. There really is an art to it. I think, I mean, there's, there's having orgasms, but when you get into some of this training and especially the orgasm control, there's an art on both sides of that control. Yeah. Another reason it also increases a submissive tolerance to stimulation. Like we're talking about, I think it's kind of like saying the same thing, but um, you know, you will begin to be able to control your body in ways to tolerate stimulation he gives you. Some sirs like immediate responses. Some sirs ask you not to immediately respond. And some days they'll do one, the next day they'll do the other. So you'll be able to do that more and more, more flexibility and stimulation, I guess I should say. So that's a great thing. Another reason is it increases the duration of sexual activity. So once you can control it better and he can control you and give you those commands, you can increase the duration of your sex or what's going on probably at least twice fold. Wouldn't you say, Mr. Fox? I I would say done correctly. Like, I believe it makes you insatiable. Sometimes if they're ripped, like I talked about earlier, they're not the same. But if you can build the layers of orgasms, I think you could go all day. Like your body doesn't exactly stop. Like a, I want to say a guy's body, like my body. I think men can have multiple orgasms as well. I cannot. Like, I don't, I don't know exactly what that is. Right. I don't think I've reached that. But women like you, if you get the body started off on the right path, it's almost an endless path. I believe it's all those things you just mentioned. The more orgasms, the more primed you are. Yeah. I think that's the case for most of us ladies. And then we'll talk about orgasm control can be used to create a state of sexual need leading to a more pliable or agree agreeable outlook for a submissive. So your sir is using sometimes that orgasm control to change your mindset or to um, make you more flexible in what you're trying and doing. Um, Maybe if he's pushing you in a scene a little bit to push you just a little bit further, that's the whole idea. He can be using that orgasm control. Like he said, I get to the point where I just want to please, please, please. I want to please him. That's used for that sometimes as well. Psychologically, orgasm control and training reduces feelings of embarrassment by building body awareness and confidence. And this is something for new doms and subs. This is great when you're doing this orgasm training or control. It's a great way to get past that beginning embarrassment 
and it will empower the woman to know more about her body and how it works. It will empower the husband in the fact that he is controlling that. Definitely. So by doing this in the beginning, oh, it's just, it's going to make you grow, not only just in dominant submission, but as a couple in general and individually, you're going to grow a ton. Yeah, there's definitely something uh, very powerful about being able to command the orgasms or control them. You not have one without permission and something very powerful about that. I would also say too, while we're talking about the orgasms is we also realize that, you know, some couples really struggle having an orgasm, finding the orgasm. And I know you talk a lot on submissives about chasing the O. Probably too big a topic right here, but I know that uh, we do realize that some people will have challenges finding that initial O or how to even get into this. Like you said, we could go on and on, but menopausal women, and I'm one of those people that sometimes they get to the point where they can't find it. And a lot of that is mental. And that's going to help you too. That's going to help the menopausal woman. That's going to help her find her mind and get her mind working with her body again. Right. And again, but again, another whole it subject. Is. <laughs> and, but, but I also found it fascinating at the beginning of this podcast when we were talking about the exercises and how those exercises actually enhance the lady's orgasm. I found that fascinating that there's also physical exercises and things besides the psychological. Yeah. Besides the hormonal. Like we said, we keep saying orgasm is the answer. We have the facts to back up that orgasm is the answer for about everything. And I've been saying that. And I'm not just saying. I've been saying that since we were kids. (laughs) (laughs) It it fixes everything. I have one more um, listed that the orgasm control training, it kind of removes the emphasis of physical penetration for what people, some people call holistic partnered sex. There's different sexual techniques that actually tell the man to not spread his seed, to save his seed up. Also, if you're the type of person that seems to always need the clitoris rub to have an orgasm, this gives you the chance to practice maybe not having the clitoral all the time, teaching you to have it. If he doesn't touch the clitoris, if he just verbalizes to you, if he touches you in different places, there's all different ways to have orgasm. And if you're one of those ones that's kind of addicted just to having the vaginal or the clitoral, then this gives you a chance to explore other areas. And not because you get too far off the topic again, but the clitoris is much more than the little button that we see, right? When you talked about the 8,000 nerve endings, I mean, it's a pretty big organ in a woman's body. So it's a lot of areas down around the pelvis and stuff, a lot of places you can touch that maybe aren't quite as sensitive as the button. There's so much more than just the button. If the guys are listening, the button is great, but there's so much more than the button. But I think that could be a whole other podcast. There's it would so be much multiple, more than yeah. the button. Yes. And it's what the a, easy button. And what a great like name staples, for it. Yeah. But it's, it's easy isn't always better. So then we go into the actual orgasm training in BDSM or in married dominance submission. I kind of make sure that we're, we're talking to married people in BDSM or... Uh, A dominant will train his submissive to orgasm or not, right? Orgasm at his command, no matter what he does to her body or mind during the scene or session, 
to experience orgasm control, any method of sexual stimulation or torment can be used. And when I say torment, if you already are doing this, you know exactly what I mean. Sometimes it's like a delicious torment. That's how I would describe it. The dominant uh, will stimulate their submissive gradually bringing them up to the highest point of their sexual plateau. Then it'll quickly reduce the level of stimulation just below that needed little trigger for that full on orgasm. When the control of the orgasm is given to the dominant partner and the orgasm is not allowed for a time in order to develop an increased level of sexual, uh, sexual tension, it's called erotic sexual denial. Or you hear that term all the time now, edging. Yeah, we talk about edging a lot on Husta. Yeah, I'm going to start singing 30 Seconds to Mars Closer to the Edge, but I won't sing. No, go ahead. Everybody would love that. I would love it. Yeah, no, okay. no, no. Nobody would love it. But um, hey, out there to all the other 30 Seconds to Mars uh, lovers like me. Love you, Jared Leto. But in learning to train a submissive, the dominant carefully varies the intensity and speed of the simulation. And by practicing this with his submissives to learn their unique responses, he can hold her in a highly aroused state just near orgasm or on the edge. This process may be repeated over and over as many times as the dominant desires. But at some point, the repetition may cause the urge to orgasm to become overwhelming, which isn't that what he wants to do. That's the torment. When the husband provides enough stimulation for the submissive to achieve that climax, it's usually stronger due to the increased tension of the arousal that builds up during that extended stimulation. And then on the other side of this, if the orgasm occurs after removal of the dominant stimulation, it can bring less pleasure due to your mind telling you that you just failed on holding back and this orgasm is considered by your dominant to be what people term the ruined orgasm, as opposed to being the denied orgasm. Another reason for you to receive his punishments, wink, wink, punishments, punishments. And like I was telling, okay, I really don't like the word ruined orgasms, but kind of like what she's getting to, to receive another punishment, it would be just another orgasm to lead to another opportunity, not, not necessarily a ruined orgasm. It would be an opportunity. Right. But if you're like a performer like me, I want to perform for my sir and if I do it and he's told me not to and I do it anyways, I know he's not disappointed, but you do feel like you've disappointed maybe yourself or, or not reacted the way you were asked to. So that's the whole idea. It's the mind fuck. It's the whole idea of the entire thing. So again, another reason to get a punishment if you end up oh, ruining would, an orgasm. It would ramp up so quickly right then, okay, that you wouldn't even think about in your mind that something went wrong. Yeah. You'd yeah. Thinking, you know, I punish myself for that. You would so, be thinking, holy shit, what's coming? Right. Because the, the submissive's mind isn't really thinking super logically. So yeah, she might be upset in her mind that she has failed you, but a good dominant knows that about their submissive. And then he makes something trigger something else that Again, you don't hold on to that because you're not really thinking logical. So you may think that for a second, but then you let go of that pretty quickly. So, yeah, because we'd be going somewhere else pretty quickly. Right. So the flip side of or orgasm control, right? A dominant may want to test his orgasm control that he has over his own body and will practice edging himself while edging his submissive. 
So he may want to test himself how he can go and stop. Go, get high, 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 stop. Get high, high, high. That could be for him as well, not just for her. So, you know, that's a whole nother, could be a whole nother podcast. But I'm going to turn this over to Orgasm Force and Denial by Bondage to Mr. Fox. By Bondage. Bond. James Bond. No, Bondage. James Bondage. Oh, that would make a great porno, don't you think? <laughs> I'll bet you, James okay. James Bondage. I'll bet you there is already a dun, porno dun, name. Dun, James dun, dun, Bondage. Dun, 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 All right, dun, a forced dun, orgasm dun. is consensual BDSM or kinky sexual play. It's when a person, or in our case, a submissive, consents to be forced to orgasm in a way that is beyond their control. The dominant makes his submissive orgasm over and over and over without that come down period between each orgasm, right? Without, without cycling it back and forth and trying to reach higher highs and coming back off that threshold like edging. Instead, it's just you take her right there and it's just bang, 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 orgasm after orgasm with zero break in intensity. Force orgasms can be induced with manual simulation of the genitals right? Like your hand, your finger, a vibrator, a wand, whatever tool we're talking about. To be able to better control or train an orgasm of a submissive, physical restraints are commonly used. And that's what LK is talking about with bondage. (laughs) The whole bondage thing though, like there's a whole nother layer of psychological torment, right? You increase that feeling of helplessness and a little bit of humiliation probably. Oftentimes, this is also called the tie and tease, right? If you're edging it, you tie them up and you tease them. I don't think that even needed an explanation, to be honest. But that's that edging or that denial game that we're doing, right? And again, when you, and when you add that bondage, there is a, is physical, but it's also a lot of psychological intensity that's going on because it adds multiple layers, right? Strong feelings of sexual frustration are escalated by the sensation of helplessness, And that's really from being tied up, being bound. Regarding multiple or forced climax, the dominant can also enjoy producing multiple orgasms in his partner. I can tell you that I enjoy that very much. And also forcing the orgasms from her one by one by delicious one. While you're doing those things, you can say a lot of wonderful things about the orgasms and the next one and if she's going to be allowed to have the next one. Use your five senses. Yes. Yeah, what you say to her can also be incredible while she's having an orgasm. We're going to go into total sexual denial next, okay? I don't know if I'm going to like this. I can tell you, I don't think anybody likes it, but it really does. Like, if you put somebody out in the desert for like, I don't know how, why they say you can live like how long without any water or food? Three days with no water, I think. Okay, so if you put them out in the desert for like two and a half days and yeah. then you bring them in and you give them like the best water ever, it's kind of that same ideal. So uh, the practice of total sexual denial usually includes total avoidance of any type of genital stimulation to any part of the body, meaning nothing. Many times involves the use of a physical barrier or even a device like a chastity belt, say. Chastity belts are like a locking device that you can use on a man or a woman, 
Remember, the brain is the largest sexual organ. And even without genital stimulation, sexual arousal is still possible. Heck, it's not even just arousal. Orgasm is possible. You can even put the belt into your orgasm training. It could be your Smith's favorite turn on or fetish. And it is though. Like we talk about, like if I is the dominant on your orgasms, if I is the dominant on your pussy, if I is the dominant on your body, if I is the dominant on your pleasure, we talk about that, right? And those are things we verbalize. But if I've locked up under lock and key, your pleasure center. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. The pleasure center. <laughs> you don't, I know, I know you don't. You're, like, you're so creative. You're like, what the hell is he talking about? But if we put that under lock and key right now, it's tangible. It takes it to another psychological level. So it's like back into the mind fuck of the whole thing. And I have a funny little side note that makes me think about it. When, you know, for 10 years, practically now we've been doing this and uh, we've had the community and one of the infamous submissive screen names was or is still, we still talk about to this day. And I'm sorry if you're listening right now, but you know who you are. His hole. So like we talk about <laughs> his hole all yeah. the time when we tell women to please use a screen name that they love and their husband loves. So it's kind of funny that we still talk about the screen name, his hole. It's hilarious. Sorry, his hole. Wh- wherever you are, if you hear me, you know who you are. You're probably still on the site, but it's just a funny. It's great. We're also going to talk about the use of a dildo during orgasm training and control. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory what I just said, but a dildo can be used by the dominant to still allow penetration with his submissive, all the while denying his submissive the ability to orgasm. So this removal of using his actual penis can be seen as a form of total denial if the dildo replaces the penis throughout the whole duration of their scene. The dildo can be used to prolong penetrative sex for the dominant in cases of ED or any other issue. You know, we talk about that a lot for, you know, use of a dildo, a good dildo. You cannot, can't preach enough about having a good dildo. Using this dildo then satisfies the dominant partner's need to control his submissive's orgasms. I'm going to add even to that whole using the dildo in case of ED. Mm-hmm. I don't know the statistic for a guy's average length of an erection at any age, but you know, we can have scenes that are one hour or two hour or three hours, four hours. So to think that during that scene, you're going to have an erection the whole time is unrealistic for sure. So the use of a dildo, I would think for any age bracket guy, whether he has any ED or any difficulty whatsoever would be a great tool to extend penetration and orgasms and just to extend that whole length of play. Yeah. And, and you can use it during your orgasm training, um, you know, if you have a sassy uh, submissive, say, you know, you're going to say, well, I'm going to take me away and use the dildo tonight. Right. Which is great on so many levels. Like even that psychological, I mean, she will be begging for the real your cock. Thing. Right. Not, <laughs> just, not just fill my hole, but the real cock. She'll want it. She'll be begging for it. Yes. So uh, not, there you go. Not much hotter then you're submissive begging for your cock. Yes. And really needing it. Right. There's nothing more sexier feeling to a submissive either to be begging for it either. So. All right. 
And beginning training and honing her skills, we're talking about during training, a dominant might allow a submissive to masturbate, maybe without orgasm. And that would be to hone her skills in pleasing him. He may instruct her to masturbate and how many times she can during the day, ask her to take herself right to that very edge of climax. So she's edging herself and then stop. You can instruct her to push herself right to the very, very, very edge. This way she learns that her orgasms are owned by her dominant. And eventually she'll also practice better control of her own orgasms during scenes and play. Practice makes perfect. Lots of practice, practice, practice. We can talk a little bit about, um, so many people talk about rules during orgasm training and control. I would say there's really one most important foundational rule is tell your submissive to always ask for permission before coming. Make it clear that the rule always applies to her during scenes, play. Other rules are always, wouldn't you say, unique to the scene or the dominance preferences? Yeah, to be honest, I would say the whole rule is unique to each couple. So in our case, for LK and myself, like we have a rule, a standing rule, and it's been from the beginning. And that is that LK, or my submissive, needs to have explicit permission in order to come. And really that rule probably comes from me wanting to own all of her, like own her physically and psychologically and own her body and the control of her body, such as her orgasms. We can talk a little bit about the different cues that are used during training and control. We'll talk first about verbal cues. Most dominants, right, Mr. Fox, their common goal is to have their submissive's orgasm with a verbal command. That's what you hear in books. That's what you read. That's what everybody kind of starts there. This is a word or a short phrase that triggers the orgasm to happen. Also, I have to say, it's the way a verbal command is said or his tone of voice, how he uses the command or the trigger or the word. And I just kind of laugh to myself when I think about this. Can you imagine like if you were in the grocery store and your word was like chicken, <laughs> you know, roasted chicken, and then you're in the line and, and somebody comes over the speaker and says, roasted chicken, three ninety nine today. <laughs> Okay, it's like, oh, <laughs> yes, yes. And you'd have one of those Harry Matt <laughs> Sally moments, you know, <laughs> with everybody standing there. I think that's pretty funny. That's hilarious. So um, the verbal cue has the tone of voice and the way he commands it. So just remember that. And you can always think about having an orgasm in the grocery store, too. Visual cues. Let's talk a little bit about visual cues, shall we? A couple can use a visual cue. And again, it's just self-explanatory, but your dom may like certain hand motions or the use of numbers or digits on the finger that's used. I mean, they even use that sometimes in positions, the visual cue. So, um, you know, he could flash you three fingers sideways or something like that. that that's your visual cue. Something you, he does that you see that will trigger the orgasm command. We have the touching cue. The touching cue is the touch in the right place of your choice. That can be super powerful. It could be like your low back. It could be a slap on your ass. 
I've seen some uh, people talk about slapping the bottom of the left foot. You really have to be thinking because if he slaps your right foot, that's not it. And he'll try and trick you. So the touch cue is pretty important. The countdowns, of course. It's the final countdown. Yes, that's Europe from 1986. This is probably the most used form of orgasm command. Un, da, toi. Since we're talking French, right? This is the most successful since counting or countdowns are used with your submissive regularly in scenes and play. So he's counting down till you're allowed to come. Sound cues, I would say the snap of a finger. You can use timers or alarms on your iPhones out there to do different things. You might want to trip us up with the wrong sound, the sound of a bell toll or a sound of something else and then have a helicopter on there and then trap her into bonding to the wrong sound, right? I think you're right. And um, every podcast, somehow, you're bringing this back to aviation, not me. Oh, yeah. I love it. I don't know. Like, I think that's how my mind what kind of helicopter? See what you've done to me. You're into all these noises. I want to like upload a, a helicopter now. After so many years with you, I guess it's just... I love it. I really did. Transforming me. All right. Um, I'll hand little it over. By, little by little, I'm transforming. I got to hand it over to you to talk about how you know to stop edging your partner and letting them come. If you're edging or practicing forced orgasms with your submissive, listen to her. Communicate with her continuously. If the dominant misreads her subtle cues, the submissive may even use a safe word to let the dominant know that she is physically spent past a limit. Communicating with each other is key. Can she still communicate effectively? Is she spurring you on? Is she still making noises of enjoyment? A dominant should be mindful when denying orgasms may be leading to a half or altogether disappearing orgasm. When this happens, you may not feel the full body effects of orgasms, like vaginal contractions. You may feel like you're getting her right to the edge, but never actually getting her to orgasm, even when you've been simulating her in the usual ways. When your submissive is having these symptoms as a physical sign, she is no longer able to proceed. Okay, so I have a couple of common questions that I get asked every single time when it comes to orgasm training and control that the ladies ask me. And one of them is, when do we do orgasm control and training? Well, the question is, when do you want to do it? Whenever you both deem yourselves ready to start doing sessions. And that leads into the other question. How do you do it? You do it in scenes, playtime, or sessions. You can call it whatever you want. And it's just a little period of time where you practice that. It could be 30 minutes. That's the other question I get is about how long does it take? It can take as long as your sir wants. It can take as long as you want. I usually tell people, try doing it like annually to add some freshness to your dynamic. And you can also show off for your spouse how far you have come, literally or figuratively. Also, people ask about aftercare. Do I still do aftercare after training? Well, of course. Always do aftercare. I also advise people to make sure in your downtime discussion afterwards what worked and what didn't work for you both, right? I mean, you should talk about it, see what worked, what didn't. Husdoms and their little black book journals, they can journal their thoughts. 
what worked for them, what worked for their submissives. Those little black books are pretty handy, I would say. Mr. Fox, are, your little black book is a pretty handy when you write your little notes in there. Uh, it's not handy during a scene, no, but later on, yes. Yeah, so you can go back and read what worked and what didn't. And the key for Husdoms probably is to go back and look at it before the next scene. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Afterwards, it would be too late. Definitely, so Mrs. Journal their feelings. Journal your feelings about the whole process, what you liked and what, you know, you didn't like about the training session. Share that with your sir in downtime even. It's very important and it's really fun to go back and look at that like a year later and see how you felt about those things. It will stir emotions that maybe you haven't felt for a while. I'm going to go back to your number one, because when do we do these things? Like I think every single scene that we do, we have orgasm control in it. Yes. Every single scene. Probably from the very first right. one. Because my number one rule is I don't come without permission. So right. and the whole time I'm trying to perform for my sir and not do it. Right. Like I would say that that element is in almost every scene, no matter what, whether I want you to come right away, I want you to hold it, I want you to edge like that. There's you know, like your orgasms just aren't something that's going to happen. They're going to ha somehow have my control on them, no matter what else is going on. It's like a layer of a scene which could even change during the scene, right? It could be edging, could be denial. It could be a multitude of things in the exact same scene, which I would think it is in most scenes. Annually? Well, in actual training sessions where you are actually partaking in training of the so orgasm. The, so the scene is just that. Yes. Okay. Yes. And people do ask me, how many sessions? Well, you sit down with your sir and you discuss it and he'll decide if he wants to take you through maybe four sessions to get you better and better and better at it. Of course, once you get pretty in control of yourself and he's satisfied with that, like you said, it's probably in some part of your scene all along, but a year later, you can come back and be like, okay, we're going to do a little bit of training and you show me what you can do. And then you take it a little further. It always stays fresh that way. If a guy asked me how many times, I would tell him, figure out what your goal is. Right. Make a plan. What's your intention? Right. And then I would use that and figure out how close are you to your goal. And hopefully it takes a really, really long. long time to get there. <laughs> Unlike most goals, because in my mind, I'm thinking like something physical. You're right? going like, to ask the man and say, four, oh, we'll do like four sessions. And you're like, well, what about 40 sessions? Right. Oh, it's set a goal. And then it is really fun to sit down with the other submissives that have done it and talk about your experience having these sessions. You laugh. Some women have just cried because... You know, there's so many things that come up sometimes during those sessions, or maybe you're going through a life change and it spurs something inside of you. We've laughed, we've cried, we've done just about everything in association to talking about this training. Somehow we ought to come up with like, uh, when I say challenge, not like a contest in any way, but some uh, like homework or whatever you call it on your website yeah. with some kind of orgasm training. Yes, we've done and it in then, the we've done it in the past. So maybe give everybody like uh, drop down menus or choices, and then they can choose what they're going to do and how they're going to do it, and then maybe get back together as a group and talk about it. Absolutely, you know, there's a couple months of the year where that would definitely work to have uh, some misses and husdom homework. Yeah, maybe this is a good one. Yeah, 
I think so. I'm liking it. Okay. Well, I think that ends our orgasm training and sessions topic. Are you thinking this dynamic could really work for you and your spouse? Things getting a little robotic or dull? Do you need some spice in your marriage or your bedroom? We invite you to visit somemrs.com and husdom.com to find out more about marriage's sexiest secret and how to begin your journey in it. We want to take a minute now to thank our podcast listeners for their time. Merci. Thank you. We know how precious your time is. It's golden steak, golden pony boy. If you've enjoyed today's episode and want more. Yes, I want more. Subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating. While you're there, leave us some positive feedback. Let us know how we're doing. If that's not enough and you want it harder. Harder, harder. Follow us on all of our social media, which are linked at the bottom of this podcast. You never know what special offers you may find there. Help us by spreading the word of marriage's sexiest secret by mentioning us to your married friends. All your married friends need to know. And I do want to say that LK and I are also looking at our Instagram a little bit more than we normally do. So check us out on Instagram. There's marriage's sexiest secret. There's husdom. There's submisses. LK has a personal Instagram, which is bunny. B-U-N-N-I-N-F-O-X, Bunny and Fox. My Instagram is M-R-F-O-X underscore Husdom. Hope to see you there. Until next time, au revoir. Goodbye from our wonderland. This is LK. And Mr. Fox. Reminding you that. Our communities are the only place to learn the bedroom, marital DSM, and the new leader supporter lifestyle. Discover Discover our our method method and and live live the dynamic. dynamic. Marriage's sexiest secret, the ultimate marriage marriage accessory. accessory. Any more little French comments put in there? Okay, before we go. No? I can't think of anything. How do you say fuck me in French? I don't know, but I bet that's pretty universal. Fuck me? Yep, I bet if you said that to a Frenchman, he would pick up on what you were saying. He would think I say fuck you, fuck me. No, I doubt he would think that. Base moi. Moi is me. Base moi. Base moi. Base moi. Base moi. Say it like you mean it. Base moi. There you go. Oh, wait. I want you to fuck me. Hold on. Here's I want you to fuck me. You know I'm going to put this in the podcast. Yeah. Right here. Oh, why did it doesn't doesn't say it to me on this? Hold on. You mean it doesn't talk dirty to you? What kind of app is that? Hold on, I gotta get it to say it because I can't say it unless it I, say. I want you to fuck me. I want you to. Okay, oui, oui. ready. That's a lot to say. That's a mouthful. Why don't you just hike your skirt up and I'll get the idea. <laughs> Je veux que tu me baises. Je veux que tu me baises. Je veux que tu me baises. Never mind. Just touch yourself. Okay. We're just I, ending. I understand. We're just ending it. <laughs> All right. <laughs>